0: Good afternoon, my friends, and welcome to the Tony C. Davis Show, coming to you by way of the Raven International Network and the amazing women and men of power. Again, I am your host, Tony C. Davis, where we share everything from faith, family, fitness, finance, and fun. And anything in between. So if you have some valuable content you'd like to share, reach out to me at thetcdshow at gmail.com. That's thetcdshow at gmail.com. And we can share your valuable content. So stay tuned for this week's show. Hey guys, and welcome to the Tony C. Davis show. I am your host, Tony C. Davis, coming out of the great state of Georgia, city of Cedartown. Thank you for joining me tonight on the tony c davis show and tonight i have a good friend mr cortez springer out of st louis missouri how you doing tonight cortez doing wonderful tony how about yourself man thanks for having me doing well doing well i appreciate you guys for coming in now listen cortez is a a, an entrepreneur a business strategist uh friend of mine and he is uh, going to share some information with us he and i was just going to roll tonight now normally when I do an interview, oftentimes I send my guests a list of questions so they have an idea of what we're going to talk about. But uh, Cortez, is very uh, he, he's a very uh, professional person, so he's very familiar with interviews and things of that nature. So like I said, we're just going to roll with it. So again, Cortez, I appreciate you, sir. And uh, just share with our uh, viewers and our listeners a little bit about yourself.
1: All righty. And uh, don't mean to be disrespectful, but I wanted to share this on my page as well. Uh, there we go So uh, again, Tony, thank you for having me, man I'm Super excited uh, about This opportunity to share With your listeners uh, I am, man, fourth born of uh, Six children raised by a single mom uh, We grew up on welfare Struggle financially here in a, a Small suburb of St. Louis Called Wellston And uh, we were that, that House that for weeks on end It was pitch black inside right? Because we were burning candles. We didn't have any electricity. Months on end, we're using hot plates to boil water to, to kind of take a warm bath and things of that nature. So out of that struggle, um, I, I developed a sense of making my own money and, and started uh, following the, the ways of entrepreneurship. My guys and I, the guys that I hung out with, um, you know, I'm old enough to remember when they went from uh, full service gas stations to self-serve gas stations. Well, a lot of people didn't know how to work the pumps. So me and my friends would hang out at the gas station all day and we'd ask people if we can pump their gas for a little change. Uh, And that's how we got our little video game money. And then ultimately it morphed into shoveling snow, cleaning basements and garages, Um, you know, a, a whole litany of things. Uh, but then we, we ran into a little trouble because the guys in our neighborhoods saw our hustle. Right. But those guys were hustling in an illegal fashion and they kind of sort of recruited us. Uh, so we, we we got off into some things we had no business doing. But that was still just entrepreneurship. It was just a perverted uh, fashion of it. But I vowed during those troubling times, man, in those rough times that helped shape my character. That if I ever figured out how wealthy people built their wealth, I would tell everybody, man, because we all know that there are people who have strategies, people who have money and wealth, but they're not necessarily sharing those secrets with everybody. So I didn't want to be that. Uh, and I've pretty much been in some sort of business all my adult life. Uh finally put some things together, got some coaches and mentors in my life that really have helped me. Become successful, and then I married my passion with the internet, and that that really allowed me to start taking off a little bit.
0: Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny you say that. I uh, a friend of mine, uh, Pastor Marcus Rozier, the other day, he said something. He said, "Don't be, uh, let's not be, uh, what what was the word? He said, uh, addicted to education, and then mm-hmm. allergic to execution." And, you know, that really stuck with me because a lot of times people learn a lot of things, but they never execute. So as we go into this interview, you know, you said you had a passion for entrepreneurship, but you just considered it a hustle. And, right. you know, early on, I did the same thing as a kid. You know, I can remember, you know, washing cars and mowing the lawn, people's lawns and things like that and never knew how to develop that or never even thought about developing that into a, a business and uh, actually becoming an entrepreneur. But we had that uh, inside of us, but we had nobody to to teach us or train us. So where did you get your training for entre- entrepreneurship?
1: Well, I, I had two men in my life that were kind of father figures to me. Uh, again, I was raised by a single mom, so I didn't have a father figure necessarily in the home uh, on a regular and consistent basis. But my Uncle Mac, uh, was an entrepreneur and in our family and everybody knows uh, if you are one of my first or second cousins uh older or younger you worked on his candy truck at some point in your youth right uh so that was one uh, uh a taste of entrepreneurship and i realized that he was what you would call self-made he made his own money he got up and he flipped he flipped candy he flipped whatever he could get his hands on He flipped. So he had a candy truck that we would work on. Uh, I remember literally him coming to pick us up at five and six in the morning and we would stay with him until midnight. Uh, And he paid us five dollars a day the first summer and seven dollars a day the second summer, but kept us out of a little bit of trouble. But I I didn't realize, you know, how that could have shaped my life if I could have kept uh, that mentorship. So uh, I actually elected to not continue to work with him so that I can run the streets, uh, to be quite frank with you. Uh, And that, you know, caused me some troubling situations that I could have avoided. The other uh, uncle of mine was my Uncle Billy. This was a little bit later in life. And he was electrician by trade. So uh, one year I went down to my family reunion. Now, I didn't know a lot of my father's family But I did, my Uncle Billy was a guy in in the family um, who was serious about trying to get the family together all the time and put all the pieces together. So one year he came up to Tupelo, Mississippi where I was living with my brother at the time and they were all from New Orleans. And he took me back to the family reunion. Uh, And when I was there, uh, well, it wasn't my Uncle Billy, it was my Uncle Sonny uncle Sonny said, hey, we're going down to New Orleans for a family reunion. So he took me to New Orleans for the family reunion. Uh, and then he left me. Uh, <laughs> <little> <laughs> did I know he had talked to my uncle Billy and said, hey, you know, Cortez is is in Tupelo. He's not working a job. He's not doing a whole lot of nothing, sitting around smoking weed all day. Uh, I know you got your thing going as an electrician, man. Could you use some help? So I'm coming back from, I don't know, if we went to play ball or something, I come back and I knew we were supposed to be leaving at a certain time back to Tupelo. And I was like, hey, where's Uncle Sonny? And he was like, Uncle Sonny, going back to Tupelo, brother. You staying here with us. (laughs) (laughs) So my Uncle Billy took me under his wing for about three or four months, taught me a little bit about the electrical trade. uh, And I saw him run his business uh, and that kind of stuck with me because he, he was uh, a serious guy. I remember him kind of explaining to me how he bid a $2,500 rewire job and it only cost us uh six or $700 in material and half a day's labor. And we were done. Yeah. And I started to see like, okay, so this is how businesses make money. And then he shared with me how as a general contractor, someone hired him for that job. Now, the general contractor didn't do any of the work, but yeah. he made about a thousand dollars off the same job that we did for twenty five hundred. And he did no work. No like, work. So I got to like, see a little bit of how entrepreneurship plays out in its various states uh, by those two gentlemen. man. And I'm forever grateful. Uh, Uncle Billy passed. Uncle Mac is still alive. But ever grateful for that teaching. And I draw from that teaching all the time, man. Uh, even though it was only a couple summers with my Uncle Mac, only about three or four months with my Uncle Billy, it, it really helped me out a lot, uh, some of the principles and things that I was able to learn by hanging out with those guys. So uh, fast forward to four and a half, almost five years ago, uh, getting together with some other mentors um, and, and learning some things about the business that I run now, I mean, it's, it's priceless what you can do when you have the right knowledge and the right teaching and, and tutelage to help you along.
0: Definitely, definitely. Now, when it comes to a business entrepreneurship, for you and, and anybody to be successful, you've got to have a big why in anything, you know, uh, you know, weight loss, fitness, whatever. You've got to have a big why. So what is your why for wanting to be an entrepreneur? Is it the money? Is it the freedom? Is it, what is it? So,
1: so I would say money and freedom are definitely right up there. Uh, But then there's, there's three reasons that I think everybody should take a serious look at entrepreneurship. And I know your listeners are going to say, man, entrepreneurship isn't for everybody. However, I would say you have to at least dip your toe in the water. You have to at least give it a serious consideration. And, And the number one reason is there's a pride in ownership, right? Uh, that, that's unmatched when I know that I can take the gifts, talents and special abilities that God gave me for free and turn that into money, right? I mean, there's nothing like that, being able to do that. So so that's number one. Number two, I think it's high time that we show our children something different, right? We all would, would love to tell our children, hey, you don't wanna work for nobody, go work for yourself but then get mad at them when they say, well, how come you don't work for yourself, dad? How come you don't work for yourself, mom, right? So I think it's time to show our, our kids something different. And this is in no way a dump on college or or education or the school system or anything like that. But like you said, entrepreneurship wasn't even an option when we went to school. And, and some of the things that we 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 learned in school, and some of the guys who got into a lot of trouble in school, some of the girls who got in trouble in school, it wasn't because they were bad kids. I think entrepreneurs and non-entrepreneurs are wired differently, so that created a communication barrier where the teachers couldn't get through to the entrepreneurs because they didn't have that mindset. So then comes the timeout. Go see the dunce corner. Go see the principal. When if they had an entrepreneurial outlet those same kids probably would have thrived, right? So I I think showing kids that entrepreneurship is an option and using that as an outlet and a way to communicate and teach them other principles might be a good thing. Uh, And then last but not least, uh, in studying wealthy people, I understand that the number one wealth building tool in this world is the United States tax code. That's why people literally put their lives on the line to get here. They don't come from other countries to go to our educational institutions. They don't come from other countries to come get jobs over here. They come here to start businesses because the opportunity here is so rich, and that's because how our economy is set up, right? So I think those three things, outside of uh, financial freedom and time freedom, just you know, showing my kids a different way—the um, pride and ownership of, of owning my skills and then making something out of nothing—is is, has always intrigued me. Uh, and then leveraging the tax code so I can be like my president and never pay federal taxes. Right?
0: <laughs> You're gonna start a fight right there. <laughs> hey, look, look. Two things I want to touch on. First of all, something you said. You know, you have people that are you know coming to the United States for the opportunities, which that is so true. A friend of mine, he, he is from uh, Bulgaria. And he mm-hmm. said to me, he said, in essence, he said, and it kind of made me mad because he said, uh, Americans are really pitiful. You complain mm-hmm. about your situations, but you're born in a land of opportunity and you do nothing with it. Mm-hmm. He said, when I came to the United States, I had $10 in my pocket. I couldn't speak English. But because I wanted the opportunity and I wanted something better for my family and for myself, I studied, I researched, and I worked my tail off, and I've never had to rely on anybody else. And now he's a a millionaire. And he said, you know, Americans are are pitiful. (laughs) You know, it kind of made me mad at first because, again, I thought about it. You know, he's right in essence. We're born in the land of opportunity.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. See, and and I say it like this. Now, a lot of people, if I ask you what is the language of America, you'd say English, right? Because that's what most people think. That's not the real language of America. That's what we're taught in school. The real language of America, the fabric of this country is capitalism. That's why your friend was able to come over here, not even be able to speak English, but still thrive, right? Because what did he learn to speak first? He learned to speak capitalism, hard work, right? Those sorts of things. And I think that's critical for us to understand. But to be fair to us, we go through a school system that strips us of that ambition, right? Right? Uh, And and so many ways and, and conditions us to be employee minded. And that's why I think everybody should at least dabble in entrepreneurship so that when your child starts speaking the language of entrepreneurship, you can at least communicate with the child. And maybe you're not a full fledged entrepreneur and don't feel Like you can coach and train them, but you can see that when he has that entrepreneurial mindset, when she has an entrepreneurial mindset, you can find the right coaches and mentors who can guide them down that path. Right. Think about Robert Kiyosaki. If he didn't have his rich dad, where would he be? Because we know what his poor dad was trying to do to him, but his poor dad did the best thing ever when he kept questioning the thought process that his poor dad was teaching them, he said, man, it sounds like you want to be a businessman. You need to go and talk to your friend's dad because he's an entrepreneur. And sometimes that's all it takes. You can be uh, 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 corporate-minded, career-focused, but if your child doesn't want to go that way, that's not the time to reprimand them. That's the time to find out the way that he wants to go, right? You know scripture. The word says... Train up a child in the way that he should go and he'll never depart from that. And what changed my life about that scripture, I heard a pastor say, is really not necessarily train up a child according to scripture, but train up a child according to his or her individual bent. How are they bent? Are they bent towards entrepreneurship? Are they bent towards uh, 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 creative genius? Are they bent towards a more analytical mindset? Maybe mathematician, engineer might be. You have to train them according to how God designed them so that they could thrive. And I think that's important for parents to understand. Entrepreneurship is one of those bents. Your child could be leaning towards an entrepreneur. Uh, I had a friend who would go to the dentist and the dentist would always, at the end of the visit, give him balloons and lollipops. He would always beg for extra, and his mom reprimanded him for begging, right? But what did he do with those extra? He went home and sold them to his brothers and sisters for a (laughs) nickel. So when you recognize stuff like that early in your children, then you as a parent has to say, you know what? I'm not an entrepreneur. I don't get why he even thinks like that, but I can find someone that could coach and mentor him and help him develop that and become what he wants to become. You
0: no, know, I say this quite often. And when it, and, it, and a couple of things I, I want to touch on, and I appreciate Nicole Lucky for joining us, Donna, and also uh, Brenda for joining us tonight. But uh, some, something I want to touch on that you said, and I, I had to write it down because I want to get back to it. But uh, oftentimes we try to, to train children or teach children based on the current system of course, mm-hmm. I, I love education, and and education is great. But if you're not benefiting from the education, if if, if you're being trained in an area in a in a subject you're gonna never use, because mm-hmm. we're not taught we're not taught entrepreneurship, we're not taught how money works in school. We're, we're taught how to uh, count money yeah. or count numbers, but we're not taught how that how that all works. And so mm-hmm. we're not we're we're put in a mold in a in a system that. Has failed for years. Yeah. So, so that being said, I know something you said earlier, and I and I jotted it down. You said you study wealthy people. Why not study? Yeah. Why not study broke people? Because I live
1: that one. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't need to study that. I don't need no practice for that. That that comes <laughs> natural. So I need to figure out what other people are doing that I'm not. Uh, so yeah, you, you pay attention to. You know some of the things that that they are doing, the way they speak, the way they talk, the way they behave, where they hang out at, uh, the conversations. It, it's just it's just radically different. That so so for instance, I, I teach you on something called the E to E ratio, right? And I got that from uh, Dr. George C. Frazier of the Power Network, uh, OperationNet.com. He, he says. The ETE ratio stands for education to entertainment. And he could tell where someone is based on how they talk. Why? Because if they're talking about things in pop culture, then they probably spend the most of their time, energy and money on entertaining themselves. So he says when your ratio is out of whack. You spend three, four, five times more money, time, and energy on entertaining yourself than you do educating yourself. That's where the problem lies, and I, it, it is so true. Uh, I remember Beyonce came to St. Louis not long ago, um, and no disrespect to any of the moms who said, "I want my child to have this experience." Right? Tickets were four or five hundred dollars. Right. They had to get new outfits to wait, go. Wait,
0: wait a minute. Four or five hundred dollars.
1: Yeah. Yeah. When, when, when the queen bee shows up, it ain't cheap. Right. So they had to pay that times two. They got new outfits. They a lot of them, because how do I know they had all this on Facebook? They chronicled their whole day. Right now, we're going to get our hair done because we're going to see Beyonce. We went and got our new outfit because we're going to see Beyonce. We went and got our makeup done because we're going to see Beyonce. So very easily, they could have spent thousand, fifteen hundred dollars on this experience. Now, don't get it twisted. That experience probably created a mother-daughter bond that is special and will remain special all of their lives. My question is this. If given the opportunity to go and get some education or some information that would have helped them build generational wealth, would they have just as easily spent $1,500 to $2,000 on that? So you gotta get your E to E ratio, at least on a one to one level. I'm trying to get mine on a 10 to one level, right? But at least one to one.
0: Wow, that's that's some crazy uh, spending right there to see. Anybody? <laughs>
1: yeah, and I, I, like I said, th- that experience—it's—it's it's no different than sometimes if 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 a father took his son to a World Series game. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, that's not an average baseball ticket price. Yeah. That's, but yeah. that bond, those memories—I don't mind paying for memories. I, I would pay for memories before I pay for stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah. So yeah. I I love that because that created a special moment. But again. If you're not willing to spend the same type of money on education then i think that's where i have the bigger problem with uh that whole scenario
0: wow and, and again man I, I appreciate you know the knowledge you're sharing with us we're going to kind of jump jump just a little bit uh on a topic that you are again the financial health mentor and one mm-hmm. thing you also specialize in is branding and ju- just share with us just a little bit about what branding is and what it means. And I want to say before you do that, um, I didn't think about it until I actually started, got ready to do this show. And I just grabbed me a cup of coffee because I like to drink coffee at times when I'm doing an interview. And my son, as I was coming into to my office, he said, wait a minute. So I, I just happened to grab his cup, but I did not realize this is branding for, I guess the comic strips or whatever. I yeah. can have my own mug. I can have my own mug. Yeah. So just, just share the branding.
1: Absolutely. So when it comes to, to, to branding, what your brand is, or a, a, a your brand is your message, right? So if we're looking at you, for instance, what does Tony C. Davis stand for and represent? What does this show stand for or represent? What is the message that you're trying to get out? So that is your brand, your message, right? And then branding is how you incorporate that message or those principles. And to everything that comes from you so like you said you could have your own cup with a logo on it so does that logo say your message when people see that message when I see that logo does the colors of the logo speak to whatever that message is right Uh, your website and is it designed does it show and reflect that message when you put out some content does it show and reflect that message so your brand is the message, right? So, as a financial health mentor, my brand is all about empowering people economically through financial literacy with a strong emphasis on personal brand development and entrepreneurship, right? So, if you think about entrepreneurship and personal brand development, that's how someone who has no money, no real business uh, uh, acumen to speak of, that's how they can empower themselves economically through entrepreneurship and building a personal brand, right? Because as you're doing those things, you can create extra revenue that's going to empower you economically. So everything that I put out from the financial health mentor brand is all about that particular message, right? Now, branding is more relational. A lot of people get branding and marketing confused. Marketing, on the other hand, is transactional. It's, I want to tell you what I have, how much it's going to cost you, and how you're going to get it, right? Because I'm trying to create a transaction. That's what marketing is. But branding says, this is what I have to offer. This is who I am. This is what I'm about. And this is why you should get that product from me versus somebody else, right? Transactional marketing can get you to buy a product from someone or some company one time. Branding will get you to spend money with that person over and over. That company over branding creates the repeat c- customer. Marketing creates the singular transaction. So, and my what I have is called Bismo marketing and branding. If you saw that logo, it looks like a formula. It says B M with a two sitting up like an exponent because I did that on purpose. It's B M squared plus parentheses, lowercase b. So if you see that, it looks like a math formula. Well, the formula for success in business is to have good marketing and branding. You got to have good uh, uh, messaging to create transactions, but you have to have good branding to create repeatable customers by building relationships. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's branding and marketing and you do need them both, but I, I spend a lot more of my time on the branding side than I do on the marketing side because I want to build relationships. You build enough relationships with people and give them enough value, you can always ask them to buy something from you. And they will a lot of times out of guilt. It's like, man, this guy's blessed my life with a bunch of information. I love what he stands for and represent. It would almost be a sin for me to not buy something from him when he asks me once a month or so.
0: Wow. And again, I do, you know, I do sometimes get that confused. You know, I, I do, you know, sometimes, you know, you're looking at marketing and branding. And if you're not, if you haven't studied that, and if you're just learning, it, you sometimes get that confused. And, and I will admit, I've actually gotten that confused several times. So that's something I really need to to really develop a, a better understanding of the marketing and branding. And, and I do appreciate you sharing that with us. So that being said, you being the the financial health mentor you have a concept called income shifting what Mm -hmm. is income shifting and what does that mean to the average American
1: so income shifting in a nutshell is you understanding where your money is currently going right now and then applying a simple set of strategies to shift it back to your household see Everybody's money is going to make somebody rich. The question is who, right? Your money is going to make somebody rich. Shouldn't it be you? Aren't you the person that works for it? So I learned this from my mentors in business Mr. Ivy Stokes, Brian Bean, uh, Alvin Curry, Dr. Winter Bobo. There's a lot of mentors that I have that help me in the execution of this strategy, right? But it simply says this, there's five fundamental um, obstacles that people are struggling with. They're struggling with high taxes. They're struggling with poor credit. They're struggling with too much debt. They're struggling with limited uh, uh, savings and investing. And they're struggling with flat wages and inflation. Well, let's talk about high taxes for a minute. When you work a job by law, you're going to give up about 33% of your income before you even see your paycheck, right? Before you even see your paycheck. So if I'm giving up 33% of my income, in essence, I'm giving away 33% of my time. So if I broke the year up into thirds, that means four months out of the year, I'm working for Uncle Sam.
0: And and that that uncle, we have... We all have, he hadn't sweated a bit. He sweated and, and,
1: and hadn't sweated. had and lifted a box, hadn't clocked in, hadn't drove a single mile, none of that, right? Mm-hmm. But on another note, and maybe we can get into this a little later, that's also one of the problems. See, poor and middle-class people see Uncle Sam as their enemy. Wealthy people see Uncle Sam as their partner. That's a big difference, right? So we're dealing with high taxes, Uh, So we're we're paying about a third of our paycheck before we even see it. Then after we get the net income from our paycheck, we're still going to pay real estate tax. If you own a home, if you own a vehicle or something, especially in Missouri, you're going to pay personal property tax. And then you're going to pay about nine or 10 percent in sales tax. And some cities have city tax. Right. So you're going to lose about 50 percent of your income to taxes. And people can't put their finger on why they can't make it. It's like, man, I'm looking at my gross salary. I should be able to live okay off that. Well, that's not what you bring home. Then because you lost a lot of that income to taxes, you went and borrowed money to make up the difference. Right? So now debt enters the picture. Well, what you borrow, you must pay back with interest right? So now you're losing a third of your income to cover those things. And Lord forbid, if you borrowed that money when your credit was not the best, like I know people with five, $600 card notes on used cars because their credit was poor when they made the purchase, right? Then you have to deal with uh, limited income and inflation. Well, we know that if I'm losing 50 percent of my income to taxes. Then I have to finance a good portion of my lifestyle. So I'm paying that back to the banks and to the creditors. Well, it makes sense that I don't have anything left to save or invest. Right. So what we teach and this is where entrepreneurship comes back into the fold. And this is why I think everybody has to give it a shot not to build a business to make a ton of money, but to access the tax code. So if you started a business around something that you love, one of the gifts or talents that God blessed you with? And you can't say that you don't have a gift or talent in some area. You can't say there's not something that comes easy to you. You can't say that there's something that you're passionate about that you just love doing that you don't have and exorbitant amount of knowledge in one particular subject that you can write a book about and sell that thing. You, you, Nobody can tell me that, right? Now, you may not want to do any of those things, but that don't mean you, you can't blame it on God that he didn't give you the talent that you went and buried, right? That's on you. And we know how that story works out for the guy who buried the talent, right? Yes, but if you started a business, now you can access the tax code. One of the first things that you should do or consider doing is revisiting your W-4 form. You can now reflect on your W-4 form that you are a business owner, albeit a small business that you're just gonna run from your cell phone, from your home, I'm in my home office, right? I don't have a marquee uh, hanging somewhere. I'm not in a big commercial space. I just run this from my home. This is my home office slash studio. Well, now I can reflect that on my W-4 form that says I'm a business owner. So what happens? Less taxes come out of my check. That means the average person can see anywhere from two dollars to $600 per month come back into that household budget. Doesn't sound like a lot, but that's huge, especially if you do the right things with it. We recommend people do three things with it. You either start building you a mini emergency fund. Most people don't have one. You use some of it to start doubling down, tripling down on some of your debts so you can get out of debt, especially credit card debt, because it's revolving and compounding. Right. So you need to get yourself out of that. And then use some of it to start paying yourself. Start investing a little bit of your money, even if it's just adding a little extra into your 401k on your job or create a separate IRA. With the Internet, you can go do some research. It's not hard to figure some of this stuff out if you're willing to put in the effort. Right. While you're doing that, you might as well look at how do I get better credit? Well, one of the ways if you pay down that revolving credit card debt, that's gonna affect your utilization and your score is gonna to start to go up. So some of those things and we've got a few more strategies that we could we could talk about a little bit later, but that's just that's just the power of leveraging the tax code and understanding what entrepreneurship can do for you.
0: And I just want to jump on here and say again, thank you for my guests to join it, but I'm not a tax professional, and I don't think you're a tax professional, are you? No, no. Put that disclaimer across the bottom of the screen. But, but the information we're given is actually on the tax website, the IRS tax, you know, like with people paying yeah. more taxes than they actually should have to pay? Yeah. You can go
1: Google that right now uh, and, and look at go Google IRS.gov. Once you go on that website, do a home business, uh, home-based business tax search and see why that is, could be beneficial to you, right? Um, but yeah, do your own research. Don't believe anything I say. I'm not an accountant, tax preparer, CPA, any of that stuff. I'm an entrepreneur. So as an entrepreneur, I have to study the things that make entrepreneurs successful. Guys, Amazon had $11.2 billion, that's billion with a B, in revenue, in 2018, and they pay zero taxes.
0: And how is that?
1: And and Jeff Bezos didn't go to jail, because I know that's the next thing. People start talking about taxes. Again, we've been trained to fear the IRS. No, there is Jeff Bezos and Amazon provides jobs. So as an entrepreneur, if you're providing jobs, then you're given tax breaks, right? The way the government incentivizes the citizens of this country to do anything is through tax breaks. If they want you to go green and you buy a Prius versus a Suburban, you're going to uh, you're going to get a tax break. Right. If you put energy efficient windows in your house, you're going to get a tax break. If you buy a home versus rent a home. You're going to be able to write off the mortgage interest on the home, right? So they're saying, we want you to do these things. We want you to do them so bad that we're going to lower your tax bill. Now, watch this. For entrepreneurs, there's over 475 tax deductions available. Do you think the government wants you to own a business? Absolutely. That's why they give you so many tax breaks.
0: And I just want to jump in here real quick. Uh, Pastor Clay Horton says irsbusiness.gov. Is that the website? Uh, If if you can actually answer that. Or it may be on just the IRS uh, website. I'm not
1: sure. It's just irs.gov.
0: irs.gov. And look under uh, the business section, Pastor Clay. And and, uh, And again,
1: they got a search bar right on that side, on the the website. and You can type in home business tax deductions and yeah. see all the things that come up.
0: So, and, yeah. And we, we're covering a lot of information, but, but something else I want to touch on when it comes to running a business, and I can know this, you know, I know this myself. The the RS is set up to where you are, your intention is to make a profit. Mm-hmm. You have to legally desire to make a profit, even if you don't make a profit, but your business can still be considered legal, ethical, and uh, able to get those deductions. As long as you're doing it, you know, keeping good records and you have the intention of making a profit, even if you don't make a profit. Now, am I correct on that?
1: Yeah, there's three main things that the IRS wants to see. They want to see that your business is trying to make a profit. They want to see that you work your business regularly and consistently. Right. And then they want to see that you keep good records. Uh, And then this is a no brainer. They want to see that you have the knowledge base or the skill set. To operate said business so I can't uh, tomorrow say I'm a barber and start writing off a bunch of stuff that a barber write off and I don't know how to cut hair that doesn't make sense that doesn't fly right but as a uh, marketer um, I can say well I'm not the best marketer yet but I do have some marketing skills and they can say well show me how you develop those marketing skills Well, I took an online course, I studied this training, I bought this book, and I learned and I executed some of these strategies. So uh, you do have to show an attempt to make a profit, keep good records, and work your business regularly. And I think the case that went to the Supreme Court about how much you need to work your business is um, five hours per week, Yeah, yeah. five hours per week on average.
0: And we've got a lot of ton of information to share, but we just can't do it tonight. What we'd like to do is just connect you with um, with. Thanks, gentlemen. That's what uh, Pastor Clay says. Appreciate you, my friend. Uh, uh, just share some information with you where we actually look at people who are interested in, in uh, having a business and uh, earning some extra income and uh, securing your family's future. I will say I appreciate uh, Cortez, what he has done and continues to do. I'm ever learning. For those of you that may not be aware, this is part of my business, uh, TCD Media and TCD Marketing. This is part of my business. And so as I come mm-hmm. and I interview people, this just shows that I'm actually out here uh, presenting my business and sharing great content with the world. So, so uh, Cortez, just share what we're doing and uh, we'll go ahead and, and wrap this up.
1: Absolutely. So uh, if you want to get what we call our income shifting membership, right? I want you to think about this for a second. You have a membership at a church, mosque or synagogue for your spiritual health, right? You have a gym membership so that you can manage and maintain your physical health. You might even have a nutrition membership where they're bringing healthy meals to your door or delivering uh, nutritional supplements to you on a regular basis because you're trying to maintain that physical and emotional health. Right. Why not have a money membership to make sure that your financial health is in order? So within our income shifting membership, we help you overcome those five core areas that are keeping most people Uh, in a state of uh, uh, instability in their financial lives we will help you legally minimize your taxes we will help you fix your credit if you need to fix your credit some people just don't have credit and they need to build credit so we'll help you there and then other people have done a good job and done some research and they learn how to get good credit so we'll show you how to maintain that good credit then we're gonna show you using some of our tools and resources and education how you can get out of debt and record time using the snowball method, right? How you can free up just a little bit of money that you can start throwing on those credit cards, and then you take the money that was going to one credit card once you pay it off, and you pay it on the next credit card, and then eventually you do your card note, your student loans, and eventually your mortgage, right? Because when you free up that money. Then you'll be able to do what we want you to do And step four is take all of that extra cash flow. Now learn how investments work. Learn how to get your money working for you. Right. Most people don't invest for two main reasons. A, they're scared to death. B, they don't have any money to invest in the first place. Well, how do you overcome fear? Through knowledge and education. How do you overcome a lack of cash flow? you got to minimize your taxes, get out of debt, and fix your credit, right? So we will help you in all those areas. And then last but not least, uh, we show you how entrepreneurship will further save you taxes. But we also have a referral model that if you wanted to refer some friends and families to any of our products, like our credit repair system, for instance, like our investment education, then we pay you uh, for helping educate the general public on the rules of the wealthy. And I just love that system, man, because when I learned about this system, I A said, I need this for myself. And then they told me, well, hey, if you start teaching other people, these strategies will pay you. And I was like, man, if there is anybody who needs to learn these strategies, it's the people I know. <laughs> so I started <laughs> teaching everybody that I run across, you know, how this whole economic system works and where you are in it. And then how you can change your position but like we discussed earlier uh, this stuff isn't taught in school so you have to find ways to get your hands on this information and we help you first shift your in uh, your mindset about money and then you can later shift your income and transform your life financially
0: well guys again I appreciate you my friend for joining I will just say for those you who are watching those that may watch later I'm a pastor and I have plenty of friends to talk church with God with. I love the Lord and I love what God is doing in my life. I have friends I can talk about health and wellness with. I appreciate everything that uh, God is doing through my health. And I had to get me some friends who talked about business and entrepreneurships. And I will tell you, those conversations are a lot different. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I, Absolutely. I I just share something real quickly. Oftentimes I'll go to places where people, who have, you know, a whole lot more money than I do, I just go to be amongst them, to hear them talk and just take notes and uh, just sit there and be quiet and uh, learn a lot. So I'd encourage you to find somebody you can talk business with, entrepreneurship with. And uh, lastly, uh, Cortez, leave us with a bit of uh, motivation, your last bit of uh, words of wisdom. And we're going to wrap this up. Awesome. So yeah, I'll
1: I'll give you this story uh, since you said that's what you do. Uh, I I don't know if you are familiar with Dr. Lance McCarthy out of uh, the St. Louis area. When we had a tragedy surrounding a police shooting here, uh, out of that came something called Ferguson 1000. And then he kind of took that all over the country to Baltimore 1000, Miami 1000. And now it's called Global 1000, because he's literally all over the world with it. But he said uh, one time, he said, you have to change the people that you get around. And he said every Friday and Saturday night, most people who are poor mindset, broke middle class, poor people, they go to the same clubs. They hang around the same person. They order the same drink. And what's ironic is they're spending money to do this. It costs them to to get dolled up to go to the club. It costs them to uh, uh, order that drink. It costs them to have a little food, to hang around with their same broke-minded friends. But on the other side of town, they've got free food, free drinks, at some art gallery or some nonprofit organization throwing something, and everything is free, and you get to be around multimillionaires if you would just get out your side of the city. So, My final thoughts, my friend, Uh, if you're interested in income shifting, all you got to do is text Tony C to 314-874-6887. That lets me know that you saw uh, this interview. So text Tony C, 314-874-6887, and I'll get you some additional information to review on our income shifting membership. But, yeah, change the places you go change the people you hang around and change the media that you consume. And you, my friend, have just changed your life.
0: Hey, again, guys, I really do appreciate you, Cortez. Uh, Pastor Clay said, well said, Cortez, that is truth. Appreciate you again, my friends. Guys, this is Tony C. Davis, the Tony C. Davis show, where we share anything from faith, family, fitness, finance, fun, anything in between. If you have some great content to share, just reach out to me. We'd like to share your content with the world. Again, my friend Cortez, I really appreciate you, my brother. And I wish you all have a great day. Hey, we got to do this again, man. Maybe talk about how you can actually hire your kids.
1: Absolutely, man. That's another little known gem that a lot of people are missing. I just want to say thank you for having me, brother. It's always a pleasure to chat with you.
0: All right. And you all have a blessed weekend. God bless. Hey guys so that's a wrap for another show i really do appreciate you for joining us today i hope that you found some value in today's show and listen if you have some valuable content to share reach out to me at Show at gmail.com at gmail.com we'll share your valuable content with the world now listen also you follow follow me live on facebook where i actually do some live recording so i appreciate you my friends and in the words of my good friend mr willis Wright, i'll see you at the top or from the top, because the bottom is definitely way too crowded. God bless.